Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Well, yesterday it was International Women's Day, and I thought, you know... There's no real celebrity tie-in for this, so of course it's something I wanted to move over to the podcast and talk about with you guys here. And I thought, what better topic for this holiday, I mean, <laughs> holiday, as if we like what got the day off, everyone got a free massage or a box of chocolates or I don't know, even a free pap smear? No, of course not. But it's a holiday. Whatever. I digress. I thought, what would I tell my younger self? And I really, you know, I like to keep things short and sweet. Why did I even say that? Because no one talks more than me. <laughs> but in terms of wisdom, I really try to funnel things down. And I thought, is there one word I would tell my younger self? Like if I could encapsulate or distill all of the advice and the wishes and the hopes and the dreams and the wisdom to who I was 20, 10, even five years ago, what would that be? Could it be funneled down to one word? Oh yes, it can. I'm going to tell you what that word is. And we're also going to hear from a shalligator who's dealing with some sorority issues. And I'm going to tell you why all these things kind of tie together because I was just up in my college town this past weekend and it was like I went back in time. And I think so much of the time we avoid going to places that remind us of the past or are emblematic of the past because we don't want to break down those walls of who we are. And some people do the opposite. Some people inhabit the past constantly. They never move on from it. I kind of do the opposite. Like when I move on, I just wall that off in my mind and I never, I never think about it again. Maybe it's too painful. Maybe I don't trust that I can't process how I'm feeling. It was a lot. So if you're dealing with that, maybe you only graduated this year or last year. Maybe you graduated 30 years ago. Maybe this has nothing to do with graduation. 
But it all kind of ties into that same word I'm going to give you guys. So we're going to break it all down. But before we do, if you're having some issues, you know that you can talk to me, honey. Find me on my website, shallonlester.com and click submit a question. I am here for you. Also, I'm like here for you in real life because... Oh yes, there's a new Shalligator getaway. You guys, I am so excited to announce, and you are the very first ones to hear, our new Shalligator trip is to Holbox Island, Mexico. Now, if you are not super familiar with Mexico, or even if you are, I've been to Mexico, honestly, upwards of 20 times. I've never been to Holbox Island, Isla Holbox. I'm probably not saying that right because I don't speak Spanish. It's north of Cancun, and it's one of those little places that's such a hidden gem that only like the really cool people know about. It's a beautiful, idyllic white sand beach. It was actually voted the best beach in Mexico. It's a car-free island. All these adorable little shops, brightly colored buildings, palm trees. You get around in a golf cart or on bikes, and it's just, it's like this little paradise that's so hidden and so secret and so removed from that, you know, senior frogs type Mexico experience, which is not my jam, probably not yours either. So we are taking 20 Shalligators. The trip is going to be August 19th to the 23rd of this year. So late summer, it's going to be such a wonderful getaway. We're going to be doing things like whale shark diving, visits to lagoons with flamingos. I almost said pelicans. No one wants to hang out with pelicans. They're terrifying. Snorkeling, boats, cocktail classes, dance classes, hiking, bike riding. It's going to be so much fun, relaxing. We're going to unwind. And of course, tons and tons of time with me. Like, you're going to be so sick of me. It's going to be fantastic. So if you would like to come, go ahead and add your email to the link down in the show notes because the trip launches this Friday at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. And if you're on that email list, you will be the first to know when the trip is live and you can take advantage of early bird pricing, which will save you $200. But hurry, it is only for the first 10 people to sign up. This trip will sell out. Our Costa Rica trip that we're going on Memorial Day not only sold out, there's about five, five plus people on the waiting list. So if you're one of those folks on the waiting list, come to Mexico. You can still get that beachy experience. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. I'm still chit-chatting with all the girls who came with me to the Dominican a month ago. We're, I mean, we're all like besties. It's just amazing. So look, let's talk about besties. Let's talk about who we were. Let's talk about experiences in college. Let's talk about all of this because we're talking to a shalligator today named Camille who's having some issues with college life, namely her sorority. She said, hi, Shallon. Okay, I joined a sorority last year knowing it's fake, but I just wanted to make some new friends since I didn't have many after I transferred to this university. I found most of the girls in my sorority to be basic and just not really my vibe. I graduate this May and I have a lot of ideas for things I want to do for myself and personal growth, but I need people to do stuff with. I'm not sure if I should stay in my sorority for the chance that I meet someone that I do like, or I don't know if I should just quit now and have more freedom to do whatever I want. I feel like it's kind of too late in the year to get involved in other things and I don't want to be lonely. So I just, I don't know what to do. And like I said, I just got back from a weekend in my college town with some of my sorority sisters, several of whom we met up with. Honestly, I didn't really like them back then. But now they're so fun and they're so awesome. Girl, life is long and you don't know where friendships can go because so much of who we are is informed by our complexes and truly our fear. 
And we're going to touch on this when I tell you the word that I would tell my younger self. This is all going to die on, don't you worry. So don't burn bridges unless you really have to. And there's some of my sorority sisters. I'm like, you can fuck off and die forever. I will spit on your grave forever. I'm going to outlive you just so I can do that. They've wronged me and they've crossed lines and I will never let them cross them back. Fine. You're allowed to have enemies. But if it's just like, "Mm, they're basic, they're not good enough for me. Maybe you're not good enough for them. Maybe your attitude is preventing you from making friends. Mine was, well, I'm so sorry. Did I say that past tense? Because I mean currently. Mine is preventing me from doing that in terms of dating in Montana. And I have to constantly check myself. And really, it's coming from a place of insecurity. Like, it's coming from a place of, don't you know who I am? Why aren't you giving me my propers, my respect? Shallon, why the fuck do they need to? Why can't you give that to yourself? How cold-blooded are you being in this moment? You need this roofer to be so jazzed and impressed that you're a YouTuber? That's so embarrassing. Oh my God, I'm getting like, I'm my skin is crawling thinking about my own behavior. Ugh, yikes. So I feel like this question came at exactly the right time because like I said, I was just up in my college town. I went to Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo in Northern California. If you're from America, specifically California, Cal Poly, you might know about it. It's it's a nerd school, of course. And we're like, what's a sports? <laughs> we are not like super sporty. Our football team would play junior colleges at homecoming for our homecoming game and we would still lose. It was just embarrassing. Athletics has definitely gotten better, but it wasn't when I was there. And it's, it's a nerd school, big on engineering, architecture, huge on agriculture. It's a farm school. I don't know if you guys had been watching my Instagram stories, but I was posting like from our dairy unit, our wine and viticulture unit. Like that's a major. You can major in winemaking. Do you guys think that maybe in like, I'm I'm going to say maybe like five years, five to 10 years, there's going to be like marijuana as a major because they just opened Cal Poly Humboldt, which again, if you're from California, Humboldt, if it's a person, it's like your stoner brother who thinks he's going to be a pro skateboarder and he lives in your stepmom's basement. He's that guy. But they grow a lot of weed up there. And I mean, if you can make a major making wine and weed is legal, I don't know. It's just really, it's crazy to think that like something they used to lock people up for, and in many states they still do, could possibly someday become a college major. It's like, oh, I've got my cannabis class today. That's so annoying. I've got to like study my weed class, like my blunt rolling seminar. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. Cal Poly for me, I joined a sorority. I was a Gamma Phi Beta. The house is really lame now. I'm sorry. It's if you're a Gamma Phi at Cal Poly and you're listening to this, what the fuck has happened there? I don't know, dude. Like the actual physical house looks like a haunted mansion. It's I'm talking about like the house, the structure itself. Okay. Anyway, I didn't love Cal Poly. I didn't. And I didn't love my sorority. I was 18. I grew up in a really conservative, beautiful, affluent suburb, Irvine, California. When I left for college, I wanted to break out. I wanted the punk scene of the Lower East Side in Manhattan. I wanted literally anything besides another affluent place. Oh, let's add in a million cows and far less places to eat. It was stifling for me. The irony is now I live in Montana and it just goes to show that like what you hate at a certain point in your life, you might love at another point. Life is so long and seasons really do change because we change or 
Maybe you don't change. Maybe you're a big city girl through and through till you die. That is great. But give yourself the room and the elasticity to move into different seasons and to let your mind change. It's just ironic that, you know, things kind of come full circle. So let's talk to Camille. So Camille, girl, this is tough. I know where you're coming from. I didn't really get along that well with most of my sorority sisters, and it made college kind of whatever-ish for me. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. I would never describe college as the best years of my life. There were things that were the best, like studying abroad, ROTC, but those were such outlier experiences that most people don't have in college that I can't say that that was because of college. Does that make sense? So yeah, I didn't get along that well with most of my sorority sisters. But the key word there is most. There were a hundred girls in my house and I really gelled with like three of them because that's who I went back upstate with this weekend. It was my own little reunion and those are as many girls as I talked to from my sorority. Now, okay, on the surface, a 3% return on investment, that's pretty bad, right? Would you invest in something that only gave you 3% back? No, but three is better than zero. Does anyone need a hundred friends? Like truly, how many friends are you trying to gain out of a house of 100? And your house might be 200, 300, I don't know. Maybe you have an enormous school. So how many actual good best friends are you not only hoping to make, but how many is even feasible and realistic to make? My point is, I doubt that every single girl in your sorority sucks. I mean, if they did, you wouldn't have rushed. You wouldn't have joined, right? So first of all, you got to change your mindset. There's nothing fake about sororities. I hate it when people say that. It's no faker than 99% of other relationships. Like your best friend in second grade who you got to know because the teacher sat you by, was that a fake relationship? Or your bunkmate at summer camp you latched onto all season because, hello, you're both in the Manzanita houses, right? Was that fake? Or the girl on your soccer team? Or your coworker that you sit next to? Are these all fake relationships because you didn't, what, bump into each other on the street, lock eyes, and fall in friendship love? That's actually not how friends are made. Okay, you pay to be in a sorority. Well, you pay to be on a soccer team right now. You might pay to go to your private school. You pay to do your yoga class, your dance class. Like, you pay to get your coffee in the morning where you chit-chatted with the barista, and now you guys hang out. Like, if that's why you think something is fake, because there's an element of money involved, There's an element of money in everything. Maybe a girl you made friends with in line in the bathroom was like, oh my God, I love your dress. Well, did you pay for the fucking dress? Okay, take that out of there because I think so many people default to that, oh, sororities are fake. And I think they're explaining away why they're not making connections or why they're too afraid to join a sorority in the first place because uh, it's just fake. It's whatever. It doesn't even matter. It's fake. Okay, well, it's not fake to those girls. They're making real connections. Or maybe they're not. And this is who... Camille is dealing with right now. So I get it. So the friendships that you've made your entire life are neither more nor less fake than being in a sorority. So look, also, most importantly, if you're putting out the vibe, you're not good enough for me, well, (laughs) that's actually not a great recipe for bonding. You know what I mean? I'll admit that I am like this more than I care to admit because I live in Montana and this is, I'm like this when it comes to dating because I, hello, I moved from New York City. Who has a bigger ego and a worse attitude than a New Yorker? Literally no one. I'm a monster. You add in the fact that I'm like internet famous, I'm unbearable, right? I'm I'm an actual 
douchey nightmare. And guess the fuck what? I'm single because of this. Like, I am putting out the vibe that people aren't good enough for me. Oh, you install glass pane windows? We're not the same, you know? And okay, we're not the same. And maybe I'm not wrong that ultimately we're probably not on the same page and we're not going to mesh that well. Do I need to lead with my douchebaggery and this bratty, defensive, spiky attitude? No, I don't. It's off-putting. People don't want to be around someone looking down their nose at them. So it's important to realize we get what we give. So look, yeah, you could quit now, but what is Greek life holding you back from to the degree that you have to quit? And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, all right, I'm not in a sorority, that's fine. I guarantee you, you're saying something in place of Greek life. I need to quit my job because it's holding me back from X, Y, Z. Well, I need to let go of this because it's holding me back. All right. Try to template that onto what I'm saying. What, Camille, I'm asking, is Greek life holding you back from to the degree that you have to quit? Making other friends? Okay, go make them. Trying new things? Uh, go try them. It's important to honor your commitments to this organization. Even if it's not yielding the results you wanted, you need to prove to yourself that you're a woman of integrity. You're not a runner when things aren't 100% ideal. There really is a great satisfaction in making something work, you know? What do we say? There's freedom in restraint. There's freedom in restraint in making the best of a situation that isn't ideal. You know, if you have every resource available to you, it's it's like this overwhelmment of choices. But if you're like, hey, I only brought like these two outfits on this trip, I forgot everything else, I'm going to put things together in a way where I look bomb and people are still going to compliment me. I made it work. There's so much more satisfaction in that, right? So there were a lot of times that I was really over Gamify, but at the time in college, I had this epiphany. These girls don't have to be my everything. They can just be a little slice of what I'm after. If all they are are the girls that I go downtown with at night, you know, to the bars, okay, so be it. If I need someone around who can like talk politics or high fashion or Renaissance art, then you know what? I need to go make those friends myself. I can't shit on someone else because they aren't everything I need. That's not fair. Would I go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and just berate the employees that they don't serve sushi? No. Hey, you don't want chicken? You need to leave and go find it elsewhere. How dare you expect this one place to randomly be your end-all be-all? So we know that about a chicken restaurant. Why don't we know that about people? So joining a sorority seemed to me like, okay, let's be honest. Yeah, a lazy, easy way to have built-in friends. Because when I went away to college, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know a single person there. And it's like, that has kind of been my template. I didn't know anybody in New York when I moved. I certainly didn't know a single soul in Montana when I moved there two years ago. But I've gotten good at, again, the freedom in the restraint, making it work. So I wanted this ready-made social scene that I didn't really have to work too hard for. How long would it have taken me to organically make 100 friends? I don't know, like 500 years. Now, I wanted a shortcut. I wanted to join a house and like, oh, here they all are. But it made me realize, because I didn't form all these amazing connections, that, hmm, okay, 
Perhaps taking those friendship shortcuts isn't a great idea if I want something deep. If I just want the girls to go downtown with and those are truly the only needs I have because maybe I have the other group of deep soul sisters or maybe I just don't even need that. Great, a sorority might be a perfect, perfect answer. But because I wanted more, hmm, I'm going to have to give more. My needs are complex. They require complex efforts. So when I realized that, I was able to be like, okay, now I know what I don't have. I can go out and get those needs met while also enjoying these women for who they are and not feeling resentful nor entitled about what they're not. Because I wasn't perfect either. And because maybe I was disappointing them by constantly looking at them as disappointments. Do you want to be around someone who's constantly like, you're not good enough. You don't give me enough. Fuck no. So no shit they didn't want to be around me. So change your approach to all this and compartmentalize your sorority sisters as fun or useful in XYZ category, but not your emotional everything. Then go out and find that or be okay with doing some things by yourself. One thing my lame sorority experience imbued me with is bravery. I had to try stuff on my own. Dumb Kristen, drunk Ashley, they weren't going to be gang for a belly dance class or the improv team or fencing lessons. I had to do those things myself. Another place I went all on my own was my study abroad. I went to Rome. No one from my school went. And I realized like there are so many things I want to do. And if I'm sitting here waiting for that plus one, for not even plus one, like the plus 10 for everyone in the sorority to agree, yeah, let's take fencing lessons. Yeah, let's study abroad in Italy. It was never going to happen. So how important were these experiences to me? And I decided, you know what? They're very important. And I'm willing to be brave and scared and dorky and alone and judged in service of what? Authenticity. What does this remind us of? Yes, how we define leadership. An alpha female, what is leadership? Leadership is risk in service of authenticity. Risky to go to Rome by yourself. Risky to try fencing lessons on campus. That's risky to branch outside the social norms. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I'm saying this to give you guys the pep talk that you are allowed to take those risks if it is in service of your own authenticity, okay? I realized, man, this was my chance to prove to myself I was a leader in my own life, that I was brave, that I was an alpha female. So look, maybe these girls you're in a sorority with, maybe they weren't supposed to be a destination, but a map. So look for where this experience is leading you. So what does this have to do with advice to my younger self? And what does this have to do with one specific word? Because Shaolin, by now you've said a hell of a lot of words, as per usual. I know that, thank you. So look, I gotta come clean on something. As I'm telling you guys all this and I'm making myself sound so brave, she just moved to Italy and took fencing and improv, good for her. <laughs> I got a real reality check when I went up to my college this weekend. I went with my best friend, Shelby, and we did more in one day than we did in four years. I'm not kidding you. We drove everywhere in that town. And it was funny, and maybe you guys have experienced this going back to some place you used to live, where it's like this, it must be what amnesia is like, where you see something and you're like, I know this place, but I don't know how 
I know it. It's just these feelings and these evocations. And it was great to have Shelby with me because we could like piece together our history. Not like it was like that, that long ago that we truly can't remember, but towns change, people move, houses get torn down, you know, and it's, or you're like, I remember going to this house. What was that for? Oh my God, that's right. It was that exchange and blah, blah, blah. You know, we had sorority frat exchanges where they would handcuff you to a guy and you couldn't get uncuffed. It was called cuffs and cores until you finish like a 12 or 24 pack of beer. A lot of sexual assaults. It was real extraordinarily bad ideas. Horribly bad ideas, but those, uh, the good old days, right? I say this because we drove to like all these little surrounding towns. There's a bunch of little like just tiny towns near San Luis Obispo. I mean, tiny 1500 person towns. And we, in four years of being at Cal Poly, never once went to these places. And I mean, they're like 15 minutes away. Little beach towns, a little mountain town. We never went ever. And we just kept looking at each other and marveling and laughing with so much shame. How embarrassing that in four goddamn years, we never went to Pismo Beach. Not really. We never went to Atascadero, Morro Bay, Grover Beach. Absolutely not. And we were like, what the fuck was wrong with us? We couldn't just, it was inconceivable that we would just go for a drive one Sunday. Just drive around. Hey, what's over this hill? Oh my God, look at this little fruit stand. Let's pull over and get something. Never. We would not have done it. I could move to Italy. I could join the army. I could do a belly dance class. I could be in the vagina monologues. Fine. Drive to Morro Bay? Absolutely not. Why? Because someone might see us and they might like judge us. What? Like when you speak these things out loud, when you speak out the fears and the perceived judgments that are holding you back from doing things, they're so ridiculous, you wanna set yourself on fire. Like they're just so embarrassing and cringe. You're like, what is wrong with me? And how is it I could do these big things, but I can't do the small things? I think for the big things, you see the, you see the reward in the risk. It's like, okay, I can see the reward in going to Italy. That's dope, right? I can see the reward in being in this play. Like, that's really cool too. And I love to act. Driving to Morro Bay, what's the reward? Oh, I might like see things, but people might see me. That was what it came down to. People might see us and they might be like, what are you doing? Doing these things outside the approved social sphere. Like, what do you mean you're going to go for a drive on a Sunday? We're having a foosball tournament and all getting wasted doing keg stands. What do you, you're not doing your own thing. It's like, if I was going to do my own thing, it was going to have to be super big. I hope this is making sense to you guys. And I hope that this is something that's resonating. And I hope it's not just me and Shelby who like live this incredibly cringe college experience and just this cringe experience of our youth. I don't think it is. And it made me realize like it is in a way easier to do the big things. It's the small shit that you don't know how to deal with. And we hear about this kind of in the inverse in terms of like microaggressions, in terms of like women and race and sexual identification, all that stuff, like the microaggressions. Like, you know what to do when someone's like, hey, fag, like whatever, like you stupid bitch in a board meeting. People don't say those things. Like no company sending around a memo being like, just let you know, we hate Jews. No one does that. That, of course, you know what to do in those situations. It's the little stuff that you're like, 
Am I imagining this? I don't think so. If there's microaggressions that come against you from the world, we have our own internal microaggressions against ourselves in terms of our self-esteem and our social inclusion needs. So what is the one word I would tell myself? Trust. Trust. Trust? What are you talking about? Wait, trust. I thought it was going to be like confidence, bravery. No, girl, it's trust. When I look back on my life, and I don't just mean college, I mean my entire life, probably up until like 25 minutes ago. It has been typified by a lack of trust. And the most awful part is that I don't mean I don't trust other people. I inordinately trust other people. I very easily trust other people. I don't trust myself. I don't trust God, the universe, whatever, whatever word you want to give to a higher power, fate, destiny, the path, whatever. It doesn't matter. I use God literally because it's the fewest syllables and I'm all about word economy. Because, you know, I'm so brief. I never just ramble. Never. I don't trust me and I don't trust God. I trust everyone else. I trust this fuck boy who says he likes me or not even really likes me. I trust my sorority sisters that say, you have to come to this foosball tournament and you're stupid if you don't. I trust the mob. I trust popular opinion. I trust what's typical and approved. I trust a trend, even though it doesn't look good on my body and it's very unflattering. But trust myself? What? Trust that, hey, if I am curious about going to Morro Bay, maybe I should just fucking go there and it's not that big of a deal. And I can drive there on a Sunday and be like, oh, they've got live crabs. That's crazy. They put them in a big bucket and then they... Put them in this big steamer and then you eat them. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's what's in Morro Bay. Anyway, I couldn't do that. I couldn't trust myself that if I do something that's outside the norm, I am still okay. That I am still worthy and valid and seen and whole. I couldn't do it. So let's expand that out. I therefore couldn't trust God or the universe that my life was on schedule. That really is what it comes down to. I have to have a boyfriend. If I don't have a boyfriend now, I'm never going to have a boyfriend. It didn't occur to me that, you know what? Love will come. You know what? You're going to figure out what you want to do with your life. You're going to figure out what your passions and your hobbies are. It's okay. Trust the process. Trust that, like I told Camille in that message, that maybe people aren't a destination. Maybe some people, some experiences are a map. Maybe you're just supposed to get a little bit of wisdom out of something, not everything from this guy. He's your end-all be-all. Maybe he's just supposed to illuminate some data points for you and you can trust that and you can trust that moving on is the right call. I couldn't do it. I could trust Ashley if she told me it's the right call. I could trust Shelby if she told me that guy did or didn't like me. But I couldn't trust myself. No. No, that's, that's crazy. No. I'm going to offload all of my trust and belief and faith onto other people, right? Not even onto a higher power, onto people who literally don't know what the fuck they're doing either. And I certainly wasn't offloading my beliefs and my faith onto people who knew what they were doing. Like, I don't know my mom. 
you know, or adults. Like it was my peers. I needed the validation from them. Like, yeah, of course you need validation from your parents, of course. But when we're young, it's social inclusion needs from our peers. Like this is a fact. This is a studyable fact based on brain chemistry, okay? We get the same dopamine rush from social inclusion needs when we're young as we do from falling in love when we're older. And I wish, I wish, I wish I had had some faith in myself. I wish I hadn't doubted myself all the time. I wish I had had trust that the process was unfolding how it should. Now, I mean, I just kind of actually went through a little breakup in the last week. I mean, breakup is a very generous term, like nothing. It was like an aborted takeoff. You know what I mean? It's like, mm, it looked like maybe we were getting some altitude and then boom, crash land. That's fine. Typically in the past, if this had happened to me in college or when I was young, I would have been shattered because I wouldn't have trusted that there was anything better coming my way. I wouldn't have trusted that maybe God moved that person out of my way for the right reasons. I wouldn't have trusted that the boundaries I had enforced, which led to that crash landing, were valid at all. I would have stopped and been like, oh my God, Shallon, why did you send him that text saying that it wasn't okay how he's speaking to you? It was fine. Just let him talk to you that way. Oh my God. Just hold on to him. How could I trust that what I needed was okay? That's crazy. No. I'm going to trust the message of pop culture and the patriarchy and Ashley and Kristen saying, oh, you don't have a boyfriend? Oh, God, what's wrong with you, I wonder? Oh, that 100% faith in that message. But in my own heart and soul being like, you're actually a fucking badass, Alan. You don't need that dude. Ooh, yikes. No, can't trust that. Absolutely not. It's ridiculous. I guess what it comes down to is I look back on my youth and, and you know, not just my youth, life, because <laughs> I'm still young. <laughs> still young. Even if you're 75 listening to this, you're still young. Like it ain't over till it's over, baby. You're only old like the day that you die, right? I look back and I spent so much time wishing I was somewhere else, wishing I was further along or further back in the past when the good old days, whatever. I was never just where I was and I was never just okay with that because I didn't trust that it was ever going to get better. I had no faith that something good was coming down the pipeline. And I know how that makes me sound like some skittish little mouse person or worse, some like cynical dour, oh, life is spiders. And I wasn't. I mean, if you met me 10, 15 years ago, I was not like that at all. I was very optimistic and buoyant and jubilant, you know, and I loved life. You would never think that that's what was going on inside. But if it was going on inside me, and I was actually very happy, it can happen to anyone. And I know that this is gonna resonate with you guys. I know that like, oh yeah, I feel that way too to some degree. I, it was so hard for me to just believe that things were gonna work out. Now that's not to say we need to take this laissez-faire approach with our life and not do anything and lay in bed. It's like, I don't know, my true love's gonna find me in my home along with my perfect job. No, we have to put our yes with God's yes. We have to put 
our intention with the universe's good intention for us. It's, it's a, they got to walk hand in hand, right? One can't activate without the other. The blessings mix together. Like they, they fit together like a perfect part. So if we're just relying on one and not the other, and, and vice versa, if we're saying, oh, I don't know, like God's just going to take care of it. I'm just giving it to God. I don't need to do anything. No, that's not going to work. But I was doing the opposite. I don't know that I believe God, the universe, fate is going to bring me love at some point. So fuck, I got to put in triple the effort with this horrible Sigma Chi douchebag who clearly doesn't like me. That's what I have to do. I didn't believe that there was God's yes. I only believed there was my yes. And like I said, some people do the opposite. They only believe in faith. They don't believe in really any effort. I saw a t-shirt in Walmart the other day, a kid's t-shirt, and it said, wake me up when I'm famous. And I was like, oh God, this, there's just so much to unpack. Wake me up when I'm famous. First of all, do you think that's how fame works? I mean, do you think people who get famous, like, oh my God. And second of all, like, talk about God's yes and not your yes. You, you are just waiting for life to just hand you something. You don't think you need to do any effort. And look, I know it's a t-shirt for a kid, whatever, but our words have power. And there's something beneath that messaging that is clearly resonant enough that Walmart is stocking it. That wasn't some niche boutique, you know? That is mass production because that many people enjoy that message and that vibe. So we can't have a lopsided situation of yes. It has to be, I'm putting in effort and trust. And I also trust the higher power. I trust that, you know what? If these girls aren't my bestest, bestest friendlies, I trust that I'm going to make them. I trust that they're out there. So, okay, I'm going to enjoy these girls for who they are. It's all good. I can relax. I can trust that I am loved and I am whole and I am worthy. So you know what? I'm going to go to that restaurant by myself. Fuck it. A tea stand. Fuck it. More obey. I'm going to do these little things on my own because I trust that actually I'm, I'm all right. It's okay. It was impossible for me to conceptualize that. It was just too much. I couldn't do it. I didn't believe enough in myself. I didn't believe enough in a higher power, in fate, in my own destiny. And I do now. And as a result, like bad things roll off me so much easier. Not that I'm bulletproof, not that I don't feel my feelings. Of course I do. And you should. That's that's part of growth, you know, growing pains. I had a hard day yesterday, some hard business meetings, and I was just wrecked. And I'm like, these are growing pains. And I accept that. But the difference is I was able to see it as a compartmentalized thing. Whereas before I had that trust, I would have been like, I'm a fucking clown. I'm a joke. I'm an idiot. What am I doing? It would have just been like down the rabbit hole of low self-esteem. But now I say, you know what? Because I have this trust in myself and in the universe, I can understand that this is simply part of a process. This is a link in a chain. This is not a destination. This pain is not where I land or where I stay. It's a map. Okay. This pain, this awakening, this business issue, what is it supposed to teach me? Why am I here? What am I supposed to learn? I wish 
I had known that when I was young. I wish I had developed that muscle memory to pull back and say, okay, how can I compartmentalize this experience? So my sorority sisters don't really like me. Okay, what can that tell me? How can I use that to get better and not bitter? How can I level up? Why is this a setup and not a setback? It goes back to the one word, trust. Just trust, babe, that everything's gonna be okay because you are gonna put in the effort, because you're gonna do that hard work, the self-discovery, those emotional autopsies, and learn, hey, why do I keep making this mistake? What's the common denominator? You're trusting that you are okay and worthy enough to walk away from that fuckboy. You trust that you deserve better. You trust that God has a better partner out there for you. You trust that if this isn't your perfect major, you're going to keep poking around until you find something that works. You trust that if this is not your ultimate best friend, you're, you have it in you to make the connections that do feed you and nourish you. Imagine how your life would open up. Imagine what you could do. Think about what that lack of trust has been holding you back from. And how can you import that new behavior and that new attitude into your life right now? I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope you guys are feeling a little bit boosted, a little bit better. And more than anything, I hope you come with me <laughs> to Mexico. It is such a wonderful experience, truly. I feel so fortunate to be able to be someone who can bring so many amazing women together. I mean, on our Dominican Republic trip, it was I, I remember just sitting back and watching so many of the girls like take selfies with each other and chit chat and laugh like they'd known each other for years. And I'm like, this is it. This is what I do this job for to make these connections. It's just wonderful. So if you're feeling like you need some sisterhood in your life, come on. Come on, bring your sunblock, bring your caftans. Actually, don't even bring the caftans. I'm going to bring like 500. You know, I'm the queen of caftans. And come on down. We've got the link down there in the show notes. I will see you next week. Later, shalligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com. And be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.